Everybody to you mean the tavern around the hearth Q&A session end of season if you haven't already listened to episode 50 and all the episodes before that uh, go ahead and uh, turn this off and start back from scratch or finish it up because we're going to give a whole lot of spoilers here we uh, ask for your questions on Twitter we ask for your questions on discord we're going to answer as many as we can the ones we liked um, talk about the final episode, what happened, what happened throughout the series, any other hard-hitting questions you guys had for us. Um, and then we'll get into, at the end, a little bit of what, what's coming next, what you can expect. Um, so I'm Joe, we got Brian, we got Kirk, we got Jamal here, we got everybody here. Uh, we're going to start off with the questions. This is going to be very casual. <laughs> very casual. Um, I, uh, I'll let uh, Kirk start because it seemed like he already had one. Uh, I was actually just asking if we were starting with Kaskara. What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I, that's that's a, pinned, a literal. That's one of our people. That's oh. a pinned message. With <laughs> is that where we're starting? Let's do it. We're Let's starting where it. we want, right? We'll have. Kirk oh, I don't know. Here. I don't even see that. Good hey, Lord. Perfect. The, the, this is you just like a normal episode. <laughs> yeah. So Tins essentially scrolling through these messages is like you thumbing through your spell book and eventually you'll find <laughs> it and we'll be okay. Well, it's yeah, not got, at the top. I found it. I found it. I've got Discord up with the pin messages and then I've also got the, uh, there is a Twitter post we put out there. I can read stuff from that so you guys don't have to go searching for it. Yeah, I'm not um, going to, yeah. But yeah, let's start with Kaskara. Kaskara. Uh, Kirk's question, what he wanted to read, and then we'll just go around. We'll just pick the ones we like, answer them, hopefully get your name called out, and uh, we'll go from there. So All right. Up? Uh, well, the first question is for you, uh, for Joe, if you could choose a one story arc to redo slash rewrite, knowing what you know now, which one would you change and why? Which one would I change? I think um, that's hard to answer because I like them all. <clears throat> I think if I were to like pluck one out and and do a whole different thing, I think it would probably be Cotton Candy Village because in the uh, theme of like, you know, high magic fantasy world it didn't really fit and that was kind of thrown together i wasn't sure what to do with that arc but i don't know uh i feel like that was at a busy time so it was, it was kind of rushed so i probably could have done something a little bit better i really love how it turned out but i just think if we were to like replace it with something that was more th- thematic to the world that you all lived in that would be my choice i can dig it yeah um Anybody else want to weigh in on uh, which arc that uh, they want to redo, <laughs> whether character actions or otherwise? Carl, you sure you don't want to go back to the Red Sands and be a paladin instead of letting Tins do uh, do the hard decision making for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you like you all can laugh, but I think that was perfectly fine. Carl had um, many of his own moments. Um, well, actually, in hindsight it was objectively not fine because we were able to get out of that encounter without murdering our friend. (laughs) 
I mean, technically <laughs> just your friend. He wasn't really our friend, so... I was ready to yeet him off the top of this thing immediately. <laughs> as, as Tug is known to do. That question was from Kaskra. There's there is a back half to it. Okay. If you could change... This will be a quick hitter. Also, if you could change the voice of any NPC, who would it be and why? <laughs> uh, any NPC. Um... I feel like I struggled through so many. It's hard to choose. Uh, who would it be? Who would it be? I, th- I feel like I did pretty good with the Kingston Landing ones. Uh, I think oh. you did good on all of them. No, well, that's very kind of you, although a lie. Um, that's hard to say. It's hard to which say. One, okay, which one did you hate doing the most? Did I hate doing the most? Uh, oh, Nero, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure, Nero. <laughs> Cool that you picked the voice you hate for a character who we encountered over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good answer. I'll go with that one. (laughs) And who is one of the most loved, beloved voices to to watch? (laughs) Right. Let's see. All right. Who else has got a question? Anybody? Uh, Papa D asked, looking back, what would you do differently? And it could be anything. Because just a very general question. If you could do one thing differently, what would it be for everybody? General question. So like, I'll go first. Um, something I wish I had done a better job of was keeping track of the items that I had. <laughs> um, so like going through the story, I eventually realized like I know I have some stuff, but I don't remember exactly what it does or what it the effects were and so i just didn't use it so i think next time i'm going to do a better job of trying to keep track of what i have and trying to use uh everything that i have available to me yeah items are weird right because as you get more comfortable with what your character is actually supposed to be doing you become less reliant on like potions and right beers or whatever they were in that case but i i'd agree wholeheartedly i had a whole litany of things that i, I didn't even touch um what would I do over? Um, remember my character's race? That's a strong one for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you didn't do that. that made me <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some some interactions I, I'd, I'd like to rewind. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not force so much Smash Mouth in there, but maybe <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think changing any little thing, whatever that would be, in terms of like storyline would just kind of derail everything to the point of it being unrecognizable to what we know now. So um, I don't think I'd touch anything in that facet. Maybe maybe like uh, Carl, just be a little bit more, uh, oh, I know exactly what I would change. I wouldn't have done the uh, drunken, uh, drunken master. I never used that because the oh, one yeah. I chose to start with didn't scale with the character, so it didn't even become relevant anymore. Um, so hindsight being 2020, that's what I would change. Nice, nice. Um, I think... Well, this was, this was, if you'll recall, um, from our all-star first few episodes, the first time I ever played an RPG, a tabletop RPG. And, uh, I think what I would probably do differently is I kind of, in terms of like designing Durf's character, I kind of threw, it was kind of a kitchen sink type thing where I sort of like, I came up with all these different personality things that I thought would be cool for a, uh, an RPG character to have. And I think it mostly pretty much worked out. But when I w- it were to do characters in the future, I think I would probably, knowing what I know now about the game and how things tend to play out, I would 
be probably better at designing a character concept or backstory. But I don't think I would change it because I think it turned out fine. Good. Yeah, that's even. kind of a hard question to answer because it's like we love everything that happened. So it's like, do we want to change anything really? There are a couple things. I mean, it could have made better, but um, all right. I want to, I want to do all the like final episode questions later. So I don't want to answer any of these other stuff, but uh, let's see, let's answer some basic uh, administrative questions. Chris P. Bacon. Administrative questions. (laughs) Chris P. Bacon asks, so I don't know if this is already answered, but how do you set up combat for the players? Do you guys lose a player mat? Do the players have some visual representation or is all imaginative and the combat is just loose in comparison to other in D&D? Uh, we use Theater of the Mind for the most part. I have sent them maps kind of during the recording on a few things. I think I sent them the map of the cabin in the woods and maybe some of the mine rooms. But for the most part, it's all... I describe it as it is, and they just have to use their imagination to go off of it. So that's kind of a little behind the curtain. We don't use any player, Matt. We've only been together for a recording twice. Um, so, yeah, we don't use any any other sort of Roll20 or visual stuff. Even when we played in person, we didn't. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I saw one that was, where was it? It was like, how did we come up with names for items? Oh, the yeah. Synthesizer. oh yeah, the synthesizer, Joe. How'd you navigate that? Oh Jesus. Well, as you all know, it took well, yeah. a long time. <laughs> well, one of the, the the specific part of it I wanted to answer is he asked about like the Groucho Marx glasses plus the boots. Yeah. And they it took us like 20 minutes to come up with a name <laughs> for that. <laughs> That's why that one stuck out to me. And what we ended up doing is like in like Skyrim, if you make an item with different properties, it'll just like sort of give it an adjective for each, uh, you know, attribute that it helps or right, whatever, right. which is how we came up with spectacles of the shrouded moon shark. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, because it was a toy shark, right? Yep. Was one of the things. And it yep. was Groucho Marx glasses. And it gave me stealth as well as water breathing, as well as jump speeds. We basically just threw together what each item did and also just c- t- tried to come up with the ridiculous... I'm quite pleased with Spectacles of the Shrouded <laughs> Moon Shark. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, behind the scenes, I mean, what you hear in a recording of an episode is a very cut-down version, but there's a lot of dead space of us just thinking like, uh, what do we do now kind of thing that you know, gets gets edited out of there, uh, especially on the, on the naming. So I sound like a genius when I come up with names really quickly, but that is not how it actually works behind the curtain. Uh, what's everybody's favorite potion that came out of the brewery in terms of humor or usefulness? Uh, Bailrog Grog stands out, and so does the cup of English tea, that which is probably mine. my cup least of English favorite. Tea was definitely the best. <laughs> Shouts yeah. to Eleanor for making up that one. That one took me to the woodshed for sure. That was, photo, the, best, that was the best one because that was, there was nothing. It's the only thing in the entire campaign that made Kirk so uncomfortable that he like <laughs> right do it. <laughs> <laughs> like refused to do it. Uh, that, by the way, these <laughs> questions came from Abject Thread. Give a shout out to the people that asked them. Oh, favorite thing that, that came out of the synthesizer real quick has to be the two crunk talk back or the two crunk playback thing yeah that was my favorite 
here we go. Dark Team 92 uh, says, started listening to the whole podcast again during the first episode, Joe, when you were discussing the stories from the Harvest Festival, were all the stories foreshadowing? Yes, they were. I think I started, I think it was in episode one. It talked about like a deep underground evil. It talked about um, something about like deep in the ocean, the highest peaks of the mountains and the vastness of the desert. Yeah, those were all supposed to be kind of like foreshadowing of different things that were to come. So, yeah. So a follow up to that. How much of the story did you have like sketched out? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I knew and I had talked to a couple of people about it just to kind of bounce ideas off of them. I knew where I I knew there was going to be seven totems. I knew I didn't know where each of them were going to be. I had an idea for like the first few of them. Hence why I had that foreshadowing thing in there. And I, I knew the general biome that I wanted to cover. And then I knew at the end there was going to be like the seventh priest and Jill was going to be like the heart of the dread King and all this kind of stuff. I knew all that at the, at the beginning. And then the rest just kind of got filled in as we, as we went. So I probably at the, when we sat down to start it, I probably had the first arc and a half written out solid, maybe two arcs. And then, uh, yeah, the rest was like, you know, a few weeks before we recorded, I kind of wrote down everything we needed to, to get through and where I wanted us to end up. Also shout out to our fans for comprehending things at a far <laughs> greater level than me. I don't want to speak and for all, and all all the of us. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like the I, level, the level of like people figuring stuff out where we're just like, well, I don't know, we went to a desert. It's like a desert, <laughs> you know. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do during this whole year, like two years, was to read the the fan theory channel because there were so many people that were like right and also horribly wrong about certain things. It was just really cool to see what people picked up on and you know, how I threw out like Easter eggs and to see, to see people pick up on those and be like, Oh, what if this is true? And me just kind of sitting there twirling my thumbs, watching, watching that unfold was pretty cool. You having to exp- uh, explain patches to us uh, in the red <laughs> sands art made, made me feel pretty, uh, pretty dumb. you guys get it like you know we were like "Ah." yeah not at all totally but say it like like we didn't just in case (laughs) you know for the (laughs) listeners for the listeners (laughs) (laughs) all right carl how do you imagine uh all right carl hey brian how do you imagine carl died i have no idea flipped his harley (laughs) (laughs) i i really Gave it zero thought. Um, I knew when this was over, I basically did not want to play Carl again. Um, and so <laughs> it made him. it made the most sense for him to be dead. <laughs> oh, he was he awful. was sawing down a branch <laughs> in a tree and it it fell on his head. He died. You know what? Carl Carl died uh during dueling practice. Jill killed him. Oh God, that's horrible. That is not, no way that's standing. No, standing. That's, that's <laughs> I said it, it happened. Okay, well, that's false. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to, no, that's that's like. Episode. No, I mean, it's it's like medieval times. He like stubbed his toe and got gangrene or something. That's yeah, how she yeah, got, yeah, that's how she got his sword and shield. <laughs> she killed him. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, okay, so that's episode 50 stuff. Let's save that for later. Vape Cat asks. 
Addendum to my previous question. Did you always plan on having the group go to an abandoned theme park or was it inspired by the conversation of Tug and Durf at having to go to Dragonspire Island? And it was. That is true. When you guys talked about having to go to Dragonspire Island, you like bullshitted around about why couldn't it be called Cotton Candy Village? And like that. Yes. Wait, you another- actually wrote that after we said that? Yes. Correct. And <laughs> remember, he had to explain that to us because you and I were the only two that didn't fucking catch it. <laughs> well, no, I knew. I thought it, I, I thought that that was designed, and you just changed the name to make it funny. But you like no. actually did that whole thing. No, That's hilarious. Like, you said that, and I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if? And then it just ran with that. Yep. That's true. Nice. These, these bars got to hit me, or these jokes got to hit me right in the chest for me to catch them. <laughs> like it has, to, it has to hit me flush for me to for me to comprehend them. Uh, Vape Cat also asked for Joe if the ca- entire cast played along to the story as you had written it. What would it have looked like? Uh, probably worse than it turned out to be, for sure. Um, you all kind of brought life and comedy to the serious story that I had. You know. Like all the, all the, all that stuff, all the behind the scenes, you know, Easter eggy, dramatic stuff. I didn't add too much comedy to, I mean, I had a few things going on, but, um, I mean, it wouldn't have been nearly as exciting and hilarious if we were just by the book following a script kind of thing. So I think it was perfect. I loved, I loved the balance of comedy and, and drama that we brought to the whole thing, especially in the last episode. And, you know, there were episodes spotted here and there where shit got real. And, uh, I love that. I love that. We kind of combined forces on, on that kind of stuff. Similar question in here is from, uh, space buck Chuck. Was there ever a big plot point battle or storytelling event you had deeply planned out only to be thoroughly derailed by the players? Me? I was wondering that too. That was yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, the main boss of the mine was not supposed to be, uh, Marty. It was supposed to be this huge, like mechanical beast that was basically the size of the entire interior of the mine. But I just kind of threw that out. Like in the moment, I was just like, mm, we're not going to deal with that. So, but there's nothing we fucked up. I like we went, like we went to the I mean, bar there's a lot instead of, of stuff you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there was all sorts of times I was like, why are you opening a portal right now? This was not planned. That happened several times. It happened. Oh, like the screaming inside of the Jello crew yeah. room? Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And it snapped shut, and me and Tins were like, well, let's drop <laughs> another one. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's the that's the biggest point where I was like, oh, <coughs> shit. Like, and I had to totally uh, swerve from what I had planned because I was not planning on telling you that the arcane tower was like under attack until the end of that arc. So the fact that you all knew that kind of changed things for that arc. Strive for honor asks uh, to all the guys, what was your favorite or most memorable thing place event that happened in the whole campaign? Um, it's really hard to beat the end. That was an awesome episode. And looking back, I don't know if it could have culminated to something any better. Um, 
So that's my, that's my answer. I, it might be copping out a little bit, but that ending that, you know, hour and a half or whatever was just awesome. And it was so much fun to listen to, you know, having played it and then listened to it from uh, Tins and Brian uh, pissing at each other at the start of the thing till, <laughs> till the end. It was, uh, it was awesome. So I'm going to say that. I also was, as soon as I read my first power, I forget which one it was. I was like, Oh, I'm totally going to like, do this on a bunch of wolves and then when it worked i was like hell yeah that was awesome that was my favorite like combat action i did i was a big fan of the cotton candy village arc Uh, yeah i just like the kind of spooky a spooky guy it's spooky season uh second day spooky season um and uh, it's a spooky uh you know setting i like and it. some of the best music i think the the show had for sure yep. that is true that is definitely true jacob pretty absolutely crushed it in that arc brian joe you guys want to field uh field your part of that one or what uh obviously the last fight very memorable but uh specific things that stand out for me for carl uh jumping into the dragon's mouth uh, the moment Mishakal's temple, uh, Korbai, like the Korbai speech, like that was uh, like really cool to me. Um, so like those, those three are like the three, I think like major points for Carl, like throughout the story. Um, and those I think are things that I always kind of will remember, uh, about this story in general for me. Yeah. I really liked, uh, I mean, there were moments where I was like kind of shocked at decisions you made in a good way, like Durf was about to kill himself off in the second arc for, to save that little kid. Um, I really liked I, any, any moment that I kind of knew ahead of time that shocked you, like meeting your dads for the, you know, seeing that your dads were still alive. I was super excited for you guys to, to reach that part. Um, the ending with Jill, like obviously, obviously the ending is, was like huge. I was excited to put a bow on it, but also excited to kind of like, I don't know, present that to you all. Um, any of those type of twists or, you know, uh, cliffhanger endings to episodes, um, were memorable to me just because I knew what was going to happen and you didn't. So, yeah. I think it would be cool for the, for those of you active in the chat. I don't know. I'd like to see what people thought of, you know, Carl's moments and you know their best moments of storytelling from joe derfs tugs whatever so i wouldn't mind seeing some of those you know because you never know there's there's things that stick out in our mind but you know something that was really cool for somebody else might be like oh shit yeah that was a lot of fun doing that or whatever i wouldn't mind seeing it so yeah yeah just tossing that out there whatever yeah for sure um looking at most of these are episode 50 stuff so we can go Let's get into that. Let's say, so episode 50, the finale, the last episode of the show, Holly Rocks says this. She says, what were your emotional reactions to your characters coming to an end? Were any tears shed? Will you miss Tug, Durf, and Carl? Or are you just excited to build someone new? I am excited to build someone new. Although, sometime, some, eventually. Um... I actually got more kind of sad listening to the episode than I did at the time. That's partly because I hadn't necessarily planned for Durf to die when he died. Uh, we decided that at the end, <laughs> we were like, we we're like, where's, where's Durf? Maybe we got to heal him up. And it's like, oh, 
we could just have him die. It's like, oh shit, yeah, we could. Oh yeah, we'll answer that. There's a couple. <laughs> yeah, I think we should answer that. that. <laughs> like, go over the montage thing. Okay, why don't we, kind of. Let's do that first. So there was a question by, and then we'll come back to Holly's question. There was a question that. Uh, well, we'll start. Let's see. Um, we'll combine these two questions. There you go. That's what Nasty, I was going to say. Nasty Neil asks. Why wasn't Durf able to make a death saving roll after using his blessing to end the battle? Or did you just decide that it would be a better end to the story with the sacrifice? I didn't even see that question. That's so funny. That's the first question. And then the second question, can you guys describe the process that went into making the epilogue? Did you always have what happened to your characters in mind? Did Joe tell you to create a short epilogue? Was it straight improv? Was giving Durf the spirit bomb a nice pre-planned idea? Blah, blah, blah. So basically, um, asking about the epilogue and why Durf died. Um, so I think, I well, think to answer Joe. mechanically, uh, with deaths, like if you're hurt bad enough to be unconscious, you do death saves to like stabilize or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it's in the rule book that if you get like, you know, decapitated or something, like if you get like completely irreparably destroyed or you know fall off a 10 million foot mountain or whatever right you can just die right yeah so that's I basically so. mechanically what happened well i think even before that though like all of the blessings joe planned out the blessings and spe- gave us specific blessings so you getting the spirit bomb whatever thing Mister. joe gave us all of those i think specifically planning hoping that we would use them in a cool way at a correct time. Right. So the blessings did not have any like specific direction as like, you know, use this now. It was just a description of what it did. Um, I gave Durf the sacrifice one partly because that's what he did a lot of the show. Like he wanted to sacrifice himself for the little kid, just as an example. So I gave him that. Y'all keep bringing that up. I'm getting tired of this shit. (laughs) All right. I'm getting tired of it. So I I made that a charity one because I figured, oh, he's he's going to do something cool with this. And so what happened was he did something fucking awesome with it. He decided I'm going to waste all my hit points. I'm not going to waste all but one. I mean, he would have killed the Dread King if he used only half of what he did because of where he was. They didn't know that, but I knew that. But he chose to use all of his hit points so that when it came to the end and I said, you know, when everything was over and I said, uh, we were there at the table and I said, well, you guys come up with what happens to your characters. Durf kind of decided, you know, it'd be pretty sweet if Durf just died. Like that was his sacrifice. And that's kind of where we decided. So the whole death saving throw thing didn't happen because it was kind of a decision that a really cool plot point would be that Durf died from that move. Like he sacrificed himself for the last thing that ended the Dread King before you know, Carl came in with Jill and all that stuff. But then he came back to life as the deer God from princess Mononoke. So it all worked (laughs) out. (laughs) But yeah, but to answer the question and you guys can, you know, follow up on this, but the epilogues were totally improv. Yep. That's pretty much it. It was all improv. Um, I had the, uh, uh, the opportunity to go last. Um, I think Durf went first. Carl went first. Carl went first. Carl went first. Carl went first, but at that point, I think we knew that Tins wasn't coming back. It's something along those lines. But um, <clears throat> hearing their stories and the, the kind of uh, uh, cartoonish irony of the fact that the squishiest 
uh, character in the campaign uh, kind of made it the other side. Um, I, th- I thought it would be fun to just kind of put a bow or a full circle on Tug in terms of uh, the leaky toad and uh, the the memorabilia of uh, Carl and Durf. So that was on the spot. And I think I had the easiest one to kind of remix to close the door on it. And for the record, Joe and Brian cried. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Did Brian cry? Did I? Did I? Brian. <laughs> well, you, you're not Brian <laughs> or Joe. Joe and Brian. I thought you said Jamal and Brian. Um, I, like, what, I, did I, I? I don't think I, I don't. Did. I didn't like there weren't like full on tears. I definitely teared up a little bit. I was. Tuck saw it. So Joe, Joe, tell, you know, come up with your epilogue, whatever. And I, if you listen really closely while I'm going through mine, because like I'm making I'm the first one to go and I'm trying to make it up as I go. You can hear me choke up at like one or two points. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I might have teared up a little bit. There wasn't full on tears, though. I got very but, but emotional. I definitely teared up. Yeah, for sure. And you, you can't necessarily hear it because of the voice modulation. But I remember struggling to get through what Jill was saying to Carl. Like, kill me. I'm brave. I'm just like you. I've always wanted to be you. Like, that got to me for whatever reason, as I was in the moment saying those words, that's when I got choked up. I don't know why that hit. So did you expect car? Did you expect me to kill her? I don't know what I expected. You do unexpected things. So I wasn't sure, you know, I, I guess I kind of, I threw that out there to be like, if you killed her, like, this is what she asked for. She was saying like those words that she was saying, I'm brave basically meant like, I understand what needs to happen. I'm going to be brave just like you. Do what you need to do. So I wasn't sure what you were going to do. Should have killed her. No, no, I <laughs> love then, that. Then, then Carl wouldn't be dead. That's he true. He would have died in that training He'll accident. Kill, killed him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, it was, I think it was great how it turned out. I love that you kind of like threw your sword aside. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I guess... By the way I worded the blessing, it seemed like you could get past it without killing her. Just like you, you know, you touch something and all the all the evil is removed from it. But yeah, that's how I that's how I read it, and that's how what came to mind when I first read it. Right. Yeah. So I didn't know, like, I didn't. I guess when I first got it, I didn't know that that specifically would that opportunity would arise. Right. But. So post post uh, post finale, let's answer a few of these questions. What happened to the bar in the tower? We could do this all together. We created the story together. What happened to the bar in the tower? And uh, this is from Crispy Bacon. Wasn't Tug given that bar? So what happened to the bar? Uh, nothing happened to the bar. It still stands, I, I believe, because Durf and everybody, we did that whole rejuvi spell on the tower. So it should be technically rebuilt within its framework, I think. Um, also technically was given the bar. We'll say, um, it's part of the leaky toad franchise. It's a leaky toad franchise. <laughs> Renamed it. That's, that's what I'll say. But I, I don't think any thought would be, I don't think Tug would want to spend his days in the arcane tower when, uh, Woodhaven has been restored for lack of a better word, um, in its form that we all knew it as. Yeah. Makes sense. Also from Crispy Bacon, who attended Carl's funeral? Uh, uh, Tug, Drake. obviously. 
Drake. <laughs> I think it was. It would have just been uh, Tug, Tess, and Jill. Uh, that would. It would have been a very small, uh, quick, intimate ceremony. Really? Yeah. I don't think the whole. It's not an elopement, right? But you're like world. Fa- you saved the world. Everybody knows you, right? But like, well, I feel that's why Drake like came after. To your no, I, I like. I think it would have just been super small. I feel like after. The events like Carl kind of would have become sort of a recluse and not been as open or adventurous and more like uh, uh, hermit-like, I guess. Huh. Not necessarily like a full-on hermit, but limited his interactions to the people that were closest to him until he died. Sweet. So I would like to, yeah, I like to think that maybe Carl's funeral maybe like was an intimate ceremony, but the whole continent would have thrown together some kind of memorial and huge thing. That's another reason like I didn't, I didn't do a, like a full on description and just did like the stained glass window thing because people can think whatever they want, like however they envision it, it's up to them. However, Carl died, it can be up to them. Yeah. It's all good. The church was built with your family in mind if they built, you know, stained glass windows with your dad and you and all that. Sure. What um what happened to Carl's mom? What did happen to Carl's mom? I don't know. My thought was that a lot of the people survived. So a lot of people were able to hang on to this kind of possession that took hold. Um we never really referenced Carl's mom after that, so I think she was just one of the unlucky ones who you killed my mom. Thanks. She remarried Tug. How's <laughs> mom? Cannon. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's fine. Uh, did Tug ever learn to read this from Backstabber? 95? Nope. <laughs> Next right. question. Next question. Well, uh, did Abby ever learn to talk? So Abby all... Everybody from the Arcane Tower survived. I will say that. Abby, um, Alexa, her family, uh, Nero, Hamlet, they all lived on to lead very happy lives in their respective cities. They helped rebuild the continent. I will make that canon. Um, and I would like to think Abby learned to talk. I don't know who taught them. I thought, didn't he? I thought he said something like, did he like say my name at some point or something? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Like him, him and Alexa formed a bond, and I think they reunited. And Alexa taught him some words, taught him to at least speak enough to get a decent job, live <laughs> live life in society. He works at Starbucks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He makes a killer latte. He can work at the toe, baby. That's Bring actually him over. good. Yep. All right. Well, that's a good as segue as ever to talk about a question everybody wants to know the answer of, or a lot of people. I don't want to say everybody because some people don't care. But a lot of people on Twitter and Discord ask, what's next? What are you guys doing? Are you doing a season two? What's going on? Team Eugene asks, will someone else try their hand at being a DM? Well, uh, I'm going to pass it to Kirk, who's going to kind of explain what is in store for you mean the tavern in the near future? All right. So uh, we are going to do uh, a second season. 
I guess is what we'll call it. And we are going to be mixing up DMs because Kirk is going to be manning the ship and guiding these fools through an adventure. Um, in an effort to, you know, kind of put uh, value to and credit to uh, Joe and all the amazing work he's done with the Pokemon 5e uh, transitional documents. Um, and obviously somebody like myself who's interested in Pokemon. Um, and also because it will give us that new to the game vibe because we're all trying to work through it and kind of learn about it. We've decided to move forward and do a Pokemon 5e campaign. Um, uh, it won't be two years long, uh, but I've started writing it and, um, we're looking to kick that off in January 2020. Um, I guess a little note about it. It will not follow any sort of uh, sunshine and rainbows that are the video games uh, or the TV show. It's not going to be bubbly and fun. Uh, we're kind of, I'm kind of forcing this in uh, kind of a radical dystopian type future uh, situation. Uh, so we're really drawing the blinds on the room, flipping the lights off, and uh, we're turning this thing dark, baby. Yep, that's right. Yeah, we're super excited about it. We started building our characters. We kind of got a general idea of who we're going to play. Um, as of this recording, it's the beginning of October. We're going to start <coughs> cranking out episodes, hopefully, to be able to release uh, the first one or first couple in January. So we're going to take a little bit of a break, but then we'll be bringing regular content to you on a biweekly basis once again, uh, starting in 2020. Um so super excited about that. Super excited to be a player. Super excited to see what Kirk cranks out. Uh, I'll still kind of post and edit the producer show, but Kirk will be in charge of every in the direction that we go in game. Um, so another thing that we'll be changing will be for our Patreon subscribers. Currently, we have a dollar tier, a five dollar tier, and a fifteen dollar tier. Um, they get you different different types of perks. But going forward. Um, and we haven't decided if we're going to start this now. Or we're going to start this in January, probably sooner rather than later, just because we are announcing this now. Um, we are going to be switching our tier structure a little bit in the rewards. Uh, our, our dollar tier for the Patreons are still going to be um, kind of, it's going to be like a thank you for supporting level, level. Like we, we love your support. Thank you so much for just giving a dollar a month to the show. Um, you know, we really appreciate that. Once you get to the $5 tier, you're going to start getting access to music and, you know, any kind of one shots that we produce just for patrons only. And then when you hit the $10 tier, that's where we're going to read your names out on the show as special, uh, premium, premium subscribers. And you'll get access to even more kind of bonus content, whatever we produce. Um, so one, five and 10 is where we're going to go wherever you are currently, you know, feel free to ship that around, drop to a dollar, whatever, whatever feels most comfortable for you. We really appreciate, I mean, even people that have been with us from the beginning, we appreciate, you know, everything you've done for us and, and everything, uh, you've donated to the show. It's helped us ups greatly kind of boost our, our equipment, keep these hosting and editing fees and music and all these, these things that we have to pay for on a monthly basis. Um, we appreciate your support. So whatever you can give. Uh, that'd be great. And more to come on that. We'll release some, some Patreon notices, uh, out soon before the official switch over to the tiers. Um, but that's it. We are doing a season two. It's going to start January. We might throw out some stuff in between then. Uh, we're going to switch up our Patreon stuff. 
But uh, there is a season two coming and there's more content coming your way. We appreciate uh, everything you have done for us in season one. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tug, Durf, and Carl can officially come to a close. We had a blast. Um, thanks for joining us on this Q&A and uh, you'll hear from us soon enough. Peace out, everybody. Hey. Bye. Bye.